Hi, I'm Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, and you're listening to the Patients Come First podcast. Greetings and welcome to the Patients Come First podcast. On today's episode, we're pleased to be joined by Alan Hardwick, the National Business Development Executive with Cordant Health Solutions, a toxicology laboratory and specialty pharmacy solutions group that works with hospitals and other healthcare providers around the country. Our conversation is going to cover Alan's unique professional path, the work Cordant does to help healthcare providers respond to the opioid epidemic, and how that work is uniquely personal to Alan. To start with, let's welcome our guest. Alan, thanks for joining the program today. Thanks for having me, Julian. Look forward to chatting with you. Well, we're glad to, to be with you, and we appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Let's introduce you a bit more to the audience, Alan. You're originally from Abingdon, which is in southwest Virginia, which is probably a good five or six-hour drive from where I'm recording this today, outside of Richmond. Your professional career began in pharmaceuticals before you took a multi-year nautical detour. And in this current phase of your career, you're again working in the healthcare sector. If you would, please tell us a little more about your path to this current point. Yes, uh, you're right, Julian. I started off uh, in, in pharmaceutical sales, and that took me from southwest Virginia to Lynchburg, and then finally out to Richmond and Tidewater. And uh, in short, I uh, took a hiatus from the medical sales world when uh, maybe listening to too many uh, Jimmy Buffett songs, uh, I was lured to uh, the uh, the sea of sorts and ended up uh, buying a sailboat and uh, left the pharmaceutical world a, a safe job and with uh, pay and benefits and and uh, got married uh, in that that same year, 1995, and moved to uh, Deltaville, Virginia, uh, for a short while aboard my sailboat. Uh, and don't think that that sounds too romantic. Uh, living aboard my sailboat really meant that I was living out of the trunk of my car uh, and sleeping on uh, on my boat. But uh, that same year, uh, I, I got married. Uh, we we uh, moved ashore, and um, unfortunately, I had a uh, personal tragedy back uh, in in the Abingdon area in 1995, uh, where my brother overdosed from uh, a heroin and uh, benzodiazepine uh, combination. And so from there, um, my, when I was in the sailboat business, I lived in Deltaville for, uh, for a while and worked back and forth, Richmond Tidewater for a short period, moved up to, uh, Cape Cod for a couple of years and then, uh, San Diego for seven years until the bubble burst. And then I came back to the Abingdon area and started my own, uh, dis- distribution or independent sales, uh, business and, and covered everything from surgical cases with upper extremity uh, surgeries and spine surgeries and had a very interesting uh, perspective um, at that time in that I, I started calling on patients and fitting them with uh, bone growth stimulators following uh, spine surgery. So uh, from that, uh, came back and was uh, found myself then, after cat juggling uh, several different lines, uh, took a job with Cordant health solutions about six years ago, and it has been a uh, sort of a wonderful calling for me because it helps me uh, sort of obtain a mission in a workplace uh, setting that I've never had before, and that is trying to uh, make sense of my my brother's death in in 95 and also see how that uh, our services can help providers to address the uh, opiate mess that we have 
not only in Southwest Virginia, but across the state. We appreciate you sharing that perspective with us, and we'll talk a little bit more about Cordant and your personal passion for the work you do now, which is shaped by your family experiences. But let's stay on the personal side for just a moment. If I were to ask your closest confidant or your best friend what Alan Hardwick's one guilty pleasure in life would be, what would that person tell me? Probably uh, cornering unsuspecting people and giving them a, a, a book report of the latest book that I've read, whether it's uh, uh, related to work or uh, history. Well, sharing knowledge is always a good thing. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit more about uh, Cordant now, which is an endorsed partner with VHHA's Shared Services Division. Let, If you would tell the listeners in our audience about some of the unique lab solutions Cordant provides and how those services help clinicians in the real world as they treat patients who may be struggling with substance use challenges or have other, other clinical issues? Yes, we, uh, we do a lot of unique things, uh, Julian, that, that other labs don't or will not provide. Uh, as you mentioned, we have some advanced testing solutions that uh, are unique to us. One is a uh, oral fluid dose correlation product that we call CORE, and CORE is unique in that it can help lead, uh, give a provider insight as to uh, whether or not a patient has taken their meds as prescribed. And uh, all too frequently, we find those pa- patients that are in the business of diversion. And and uh, let's face it, many, many patients uh, that are in diversion, that is sometimes a family business. And they know that uh, with traditional urine drug testing, that they frequently can take one or two drugs and pass a test or being shown as compliant, but yet they're selling the rest. So we have some insightful uh, information with the core test. We also do for Suboxone or or MAT or medication-assisted treatment uh, groups. We have uh, testing. It's a low buprenorphine cutoff that is lower than the industry norm by a factor of 100. And we also have uh, an insight and unfortunately, in my area of Southwest Virginia, we have uh, prevalence of methamphetamine and uh, the providers in our area that are using uh, the, our DNL isomer testing are identifying more patients that are, that are using street methamphetamine far beyond they ever dreamed of. So and these, are, these are folks from, unfortunately, all walks of life, and it's been a real eye-opener to a lot of providers. So in, in addition to some some unique testing solutions that we have. We also have uh, some some information that we provide to clinics and hospital-owned clinics in order to track and stay in compliance to the, the new Virginia uh, opioid prescribing laws as deemed by the Virginia Board of Medicine. And uh, part of that is tracking drug testing frequency, which we're able to do with a patient report and uh, it, it sorts by patient name or by the most months it's been since a patient's been tested. So that frequency report we can use to really monitor uh, the testing and make sure that it's happening so no patients are slipping through the cracks. And also, importantly, the clinic is staying within the, the prescription opioid mandate. Well, those services sound very useful, um, certainly as clinicians and healthcare providers continue to respond to uh, the real challenges, the human challenges that the opioid epidemic has brought forth, uh, being able to help providers 
have a real feel for whether or not patients are properly taking medications prescribed to them uh, is a really invaluable service. And then also making sure that people aren't misusing their medications uh, is also really, really vital information as clinicians, as physicians are prescribing medications. So those are really important services. You mentioned a little bit earlier about your personal connection to this issue. You mentioned your brother and his untimely passing as a result of uh, substance use. Uh, And as you mentioned, policymakers in Richmond at the General Assembly, in Washington and Congress are are grappling with this issue as providers are. Uh, And so compliance with the law is important. Uh, But there's also, as we mentioned, a real human impact here. I'd like you to talk a little bit more about your brother. Your brother is one of, unfortunately, the many people who have been claimed by this epidemic. Just in the past 10 years, this is a staggering statistic in Virginia, more than 7,000 people have lost their lives due to fatal overdose associated with opioids. Uh, so that's just that's just one figure that shows the scope of this challenge. So if you would just share a little bit more about your brother um, so our listeners have a sense of that and how this is personal to you. Sure. It, it, the, the death of my brother in 1995 was a, a real shock to my, my parents uh, and, and myself. I, I, I grew up on a farm and uh, in Southwest Virginia, you sort of thought that uh, heroin was more of a city-only uh, uh, epidemic or, or problem. And actually, the opioid issue had not clearly hit uh, Southwest Virginia or the rest of Virginia or sort of the southeast in such numbers uh, in 95. So he was really a bit um, ahead of, of that trend. And, um, it you know, from... from um, eighth grade on where, you know, he was 13 years old smoking marijuana and then rummaging through everyone's uh, medicine cabinet. Um, it, it became just a growing, growing problem and mixed with, with alcohol. Um, then, uh, and in that process, uh, losing two marriages and, and uh, having three young daughters uh, that were left, uh, it, it was tough to imagine how could he have made that that choice to love drugs more than 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 his family and so lots of turmoil uh lots of pushing and shoving with uh, with my dad growing up um and um, the heartache of of his loss my my mother asking herself uh, how how can she go on and and teach uh, other children at, in sunday school and those sort of things and so it was it was tough to really wrap our head around that um, and knowing now what we know uh, about opioid use and addiction, um, that uh, heroin was was a alternative. And now, because of uh, the, the low cost of it and clamping down uh, on some of the prescribing, um, that it's becoming more prominent. And so, uh, it was um, it was uh, a, a a tough process for us growing up and. And still uh, defines, I think, my family today by every uh, Christmas or holiday or event now that uh, his children uh, now have a couple of grandchildren and going to those events and giving my brother's uh, uh, eldest daughter away when when we still feel that he he should have been here. So uh, this this crisis has hit and and it's just uh, it's remarkable as I speak to. Everyone today, uh, they all have someone in their family or a close friend that they've lost. So 
while my my family's tragedy was was uh, not the norm back in 1995, it has unfortunately become that case uh, around the state as as we deal with um, the opioid epidemic and and uh, prescription drugs in our area in Richmond and Winchester uh, deal with um, with uh, heroin and carfentanil uh, coming on and fentanyl. Uh, attributing to the 770 of the 1,200 deaths uh, in Virginia this past year. It is a problem with 7, 7% growth around the country that, that does not seem to be slowing down. Well, as you said, it, this is something that has unfortunately and tragically affected so many families, and there is growing realization and awareness of the real pain and the real carnage that substance use um, can inflict on families. And so I would like to extend my condolences to you on the loss of your brother, but also thank you for sharing that story and for the work you do to try to be part of the solution uh, as a broad spectrum of stakeholders from healthcare, from the private sector, from law enforcement, and so on and so forth are working and, and engage collaboratively to try to Uh, both arrest and reverse this really troubling trend. With that, I'd like to tell folks where they can find out more information about Cordant, and that's online at CordantSolutions.com. That's C-O-R-D-A-N-T Solutions.com. And then finally, before we close, we'll ask you a question that we ask many of our guests on the Patients Come First podcast, and that is a little more lighthearted after a bit of a serious discussion, which is this. Alan, if you were stuck on a deserted island and you were only able to bring one book and one album with you, and this may be difficult for you because you said you like to share your book reports with people, um, and we will spot you a copy of the Bible so you already have a Bible in your possession, what <laughs> other, other than the Bible, what one book and one album would you bring with you? Ah. Well, that's uh, that's a tough, tough question for a for a book lover. Um, I, I I think right now uh, Nathaniel Philbrick, in the Heart of the Sea, uh, is, um, is is a book that I could read uh, over and over, and with, as I have, it's a great, very compelling story of human survival and resilience. So I guess that would be my uh, uh, my my book choice. And um, as far as one album, um, and I may get I may get tired of it. I would say uh, the best of Van Morrison. Okay, well, those are good choices. Every, I think everyone's got a favorite Van Morrison song. It, it's it's standard uh, wedding and sort of prom fair. I, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Patients Come First podcast. We appreciate uh, Alan Hardwick for joining us. Again, you can find out more about Cordant Solutions and its laboratory programs and offerings at CordantSolutions.com. Alan, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Julian. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Patients Come First podcast. You can find new episodes as they become available at www.vhha.com. You can also find episodes of the podcast on SoundCloud. We also encourage you to engage with us on social media, including Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to send us comments, questions, or feedback, you can do that through our Twitter account 
at VirginiaHHA using the hashtag PatientsComeFirst. Thanks. Thanks.